Our God is an awesome God. Shout to the Lord all the earth and let us sing. He is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say. It is well, it is well with my soul. Waymaker, miracle worker, Jesus. Good morning, church. Welcome to Riverside. I'm so glad all of you are here today. And I'm so thankful that my friend, Dr. Paul Day, is here to share a word from the Word of God with all of you. Paul serves as the senior pastor for the Oak Gardens Church of Christ here in Dallas. He and his wife, Melanie's, have an incredible son named Blake. I love this family so much, and our families have had a chance to spend time together. And let me tell you, they are just the best people. Paul has been in ministry for a long time. He's been preaching for a long time. But here's what I want you to know about my friend, Paul. Paul loves Jesus, and Paul loves the church. And I love Paul because he's not shy about his love for Jesus and his church. Paul has been a friend, an encourager, and a huge blessing to me in my life. And I'm excited today for him to preach the Word of God here. Riverside family, please welcome Dr. Paul Day and get ready to take notes and grow as a disciple of Jesus. What an honor it is to be in your presence this morning at the great Riverside Church, and we uh, count it a blessing from God uh, to be able to worship with you this morning. We thank God uh, for those who led us in uh, the welcome, Doug, and we, uh, we know that God is doing some amazing things in our relationship. We are so honored uh, to, that God put Doug and I in intersection uh, for the fellowship that has benefited both of us, and I've been able to spend time with your elders and um, many of your staff members for six months. We spent our staff and your staff stayed together and, and spent some time together once a month studying and learning each other and fellowshipping with one another, and so much fruit came out of that relationship, and we are still uh, bathing in the grace of God that came from those uh, times together. Also, I don't know if you know how blessed you are to have Corey as your preacher. Now, where I preach, normally people would say, amen. You know, it's two or three old sisters sit right over here, and they talk louder than I do. Let me try it again. I have been blessed to visit a lot of churches. Just came out from Houston and a few other churches I was preaching at this month. You are blessed to have a man of God that not only can preach the Word of God, but also lives it. And that is a blessing in the body of Christ. He preached at Oak Gardens about three weeks ago and did a phenomenal job. In fact, um, they are asking for him to come back <laughs> and for me to stay away. <laughs> so that will be the last time Corey comes to Oak Gardens. I hope you enjoyed it, Corey. But he, he and his family, we've been out to eat with his family a few times, and he is a phenomenal man of God, and we thank God uh, for that. Let me also say, real quick, I, I won't be long, but your worship uh, band, can we celebrate them? Wow, that is beautiful. Amen. I've always wanted to be able to play an instrument, but I've never been cool enough to do it. 
Uh, I have a drum set and I have guitars. I just hang them off my neck as if, you know. I do that Prince thing where the, the guitar is on my back, but I act like I can play. These guys are phenomenal. And your worship leaders, we praise God. Couldn't wait to worship with you in this new experience. And we, we are just so appreciative for what God is doing. I am blessed to have my wife with me today. We are dating this morning. And uh, my son is uh, just recently became a driver, an independent driver. So I need your prayers. Uh, he was so excited for us to leave, for him to drive to youth church this morning. And uh, he didn't want his mom to stay with him. So uh, she didn't want to go with me, come with me, but wanted to stay with him. But he wanted to be independent. So uh, let me tell you something. I have learned what prayer really means when you have a child driving in Dallas, Texas. So Lord have mercy. So y'all continue to pray with us. Your theme this month is Jesus music. And I'm so excited about that theme. And I want you to look at one text with me as we discuss um, this beautiful uh, summer series title of Jesus Music. In Acts 15, verse number 1, the Bible says, While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judah arrived and began to teach the believers Unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul uh, and Barnabas to Jerusalem, accompanied by some local believers, to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent these delegates to Jerusalem, and they stopped along the way at Phoenicia, and Samaria to visit the believers. They told them, much to everyone's joy, that the Gentiles too were being converted. When they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and the elders. They reported everything God had done through them. But then some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted the Gentiles, converts, must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. Verse number six. So the apostles and the elders met together to resolve this issue. At that meeting, after a long discussion, remember this name, Peter stood up and addressed them as follows. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the gospel or the good news and believe. God knows people's hearts, and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. So why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear. Here's your preaching text. We believe that we are all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amazing grace. 
Father God, bless this word this morning. Bless your people. Help us to see that the grace we have received from you is amazing grace. In your son's name we do humbly pray and all who believe said amen. Let me introduce you to a guy by the name of John. John is not a friend that you would like to come over to the house when your family is around. John is not an individual that you would like to invite to Thanksgiving dinner. He, he wouldn't be one that you would share a gift with at Christmas. In fact, John, if he had a Facebook page, you wouldn't like any of John's statements. He, you wouldn't share any of his Twitter feeds. John is a vile individual. John uh, struggles with his language because his language normally is colorful. Uh, John's profession is he is a captain of a ship. And in the process of being a captain of the ship, he uh, would go to West Africa back and forth, capturing Africans to put them into the force of slavery. In fact, John, in his own autobiography, states that he even participated or watched over 12 individuals being killed while on his ship. This vile, this vile individual who you wouldn't uh, let anyone know is your friend, is the guy who wrote the song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. His name is John Newton. John Newton went from a wretched soul to a saved soul. Because one time, while treating his own sailors bad, they left him in West Africa, where those who he went to go enslave actually enslaved him. And his father sent a ship to go rescue John. And on the way back from being rescued, from being enslaved in West Africa, John hit a terrible storm that lasted for 11 hours. John called it the perfect storm because it was that moment after the sixth hour of the storm, John dropped to his knee, knees and said, I need a savior. When he got off the ship, he started being transformed by the renewing of his mind. In some of his last writings, John taught us in his statement, he said God was giving him information throughout his life that promoted transformation. I don't want you to miss this. That's your thesis statement for uh, today. Information should create transformation. That there is no way that God's grace can be promoted to you without it changing you to look more like the grace you just received. That all of us are in a uh, transformational format that every day God infuses with us information that shows the goodness of God even when we are not good to God. When we get to Acts 15, the guy who said we are all saved by the undeserved grace of God is like John Newton. We see Peter's transformation all the way from Acts 15 back to Luke chapter 22. 
Because the Peter we see in Acts 15 talking about grace is not the same Peter who started off with grace. Because when we look at uh, Luke chapter 22, this same guy who is promoting peace, who is promoting love, who is promoting joy, is one who denied the essence and the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible says that he denied him three times. And if you remember the text in Luke 22, that not only did he deny him, but he used profanity at the end to say, I never knew him. And Jesus said, after you have fallen and I help you back up, then go around and strengthen the brothers. Now, let me, let me give you something real quick before I go to my seat. That all of us have grace that is in our past. What do you mean by grace in the past? You don't have to admit it out loud. You don't have to stand in front of the church and share it. But each one of us can think of strategic moments where hope was lost and all was gone, but God stepped in with his grace and his love. And you are sitting here today, not because you've been good, but because God has been good to you. I can think about it in my own life when I was in college at Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, my dad called on a Sunday night. My roommate is also a preacher of Jesus Christ. And my dad called. He very seldom ever called. That's when you used to call. And uh, you remember when you could call collect? Are y'all going to make me call you out? Some of you, I can see you. You remember when you could call collect? My, when I would drive all the way from Dallas to Baton Rouge, that was about an eight-hour drive. That was before cell phones and all that stuff. And my dad was so cheap, I would call him collect. And I wouldn't say my name. I would say, I made it. And my dad would just hang up. <laughs> he wasn't going to accept the call. But one time he called me and said, hey, I know uh, Mardi Gras is going on. Don't go down there. Now, kids, don't do what I did. Uh, don't go down there. And I said, oh, no, Father. I would not do that. We are studying right now. I have a chemistry test Wednesday. There's no way I would go to Mardi Gras. And he said, okay. I just wanted to let you know. I hung up the phone, and I looked at Rodney and said, did you know Mardi Gras was going on? He said, give me five minutes to change. We went down to Mardi Gras that Sunday night. And let me tell you something, church. We ran for two hours. Time we got out the car. We walked out onto Bourbon Street. Don't go there. We went out onto Bourbon Street. And a mass group was running from the police. We got caught up in that group while horses and everything was coming through. We ended up getting lost on Canal Street. Got separated. And for two hours, we ran for our lives until we dropped to our knees like John Newton. And said, if there is a God, please help us to find the garage where we parked our car. <laughs> he and I prayed together, and that day we went into ministry. <laughs> we prayed together, and I said, I'll never do this again. Let me tell you something. Each one of us have those moments in life where the goodness of God showed up, and you and I did not deserve it. But the grace of the past should present grace for the present. Because the same Peter, who God said, I'm going to lift you up to strengthen the brothers, also had to deal with his Acts 10 moments. Because when he showed up in his present ministry of extending grace, 
He had something that's not a big deal to us, but it was a big deal to them. How in the world do I extend grace to someone who is outside of my religious origin, outside of my race, without, without outside of my habits, without, without outside of my mindset, and still love them the same way Jesus loved me? In Acts chapter 10, he was up on top of a rooftop, the Bible says, and he had a dream that uh, afternoon. And while he was dreaming, the Bible says that a sheep came down from heaven and there were different animals on this sheep. sheep and he, the Bible says, God said, go eat, Peter. And he said, I can't eat any of that because that doesn't follow the law of Moses. It is unclean. God said, is there anything I've ever created unclean? And at the same time, Cornelius, who was a Gentile, showed up, or his, his uh, representative showed up, and he went to Cornelius' house, and you know the story. At the end, um, all of Cornelius and his entire family became believers. But had not Peter had his Luke 22 experience, he wouldn't have had a presence of mind to present grace in a graceless situation. Here's my question to you. Who needs your grace that doesn't deserve it? What family member that did you wrong that you need to love? Who at work do you ignore every day that you might need to extend the grace of God to? Who do you see at the red light who stands there every day and you try to look the other way or look down so you don't do eye contact? We've all done it. Who needs grace from someone who's received grace? Because grace received should be grace extended. How can you keep receiving the undeserved grace of God and not share that same thing that you receive with someone else? About a month ago, um, one of the gas stations in the area of the church accidentally put in the wrong amount for gas. That's when gas was uh, uh, $18.50. And uh, they accidentally put the wrong amount in. They didn't put the dollar sign in front of the period. They just did 89 cents. So one of our uh, elders called and said, uh, there's gas down there at, down the street at for 89 cents. And I said, I'm going to call the manager to get them to change that after We fill up all the church vans. <laughs> I called Melanie. He said, get over there. Uh, I called everyone I knew that needed gas because I found some good news. If God has been gracious to you, why can't we be gracious to others? God presents opportunities every day of our lives to extend what has been received. What's so beautiful about it? When we get to Acts 15, verse number 11, this same guy who denied Christ, who had a Mike Tyson ministry of cutting off ears, using profanity, is the same guy who stood up for a group that didn't have the grace of God as of yet. Peter says, why would we put something on them that we were not able to bear ourselves? Because of the grace he experienced in his past and the grace he presented in his present, he was able to do something we all should do today is he was able to push grace forward. 
He provided grace for the future. Many of us, not all of us, are in the body of Christ because of Peter's statement that all of us have the blessing of the undeserved grace of God. And when you know that grace is amazing grace, then you don't take for granted the grace that God extends. John Newton died. Before he died, the same guy who used to be on that ship, cursing, treating people wrong, now before death is a pastor in England. In fact, the one who used to make money off of slavery became the biggest abolitionist in England and God allowed him to live long enough to watch the, abolish, uh, the abolishment of slavery in England and he died six months later fighting for freedom of others. Someone free fighting for the freedom of others. Someone who has grace ought to help people who live in a graceless society. And that's what God is asking us to do. Share grace. Share love. Share peace. Share the opportunity to know that God is not done with you yet, but his grace is bigger than your problems. I don't care if you've divorced. I don't care if you failed a class. I don't care if you lost a loved one. I don't care if you've acted like John Newton. Because you are breathing, there is still grace available for you and I. Amen. Let me tell you what grace looks like. Our uh, janitor at church was fixing, we put a new cross up over the back of the baptistry and uh, I don't know if something's wrong with one of his eyes, but every time he would put that cross up, it was crooked. And I tried to stay out of the auditorium, but I would come back in because I have something that messes when stuff is crooked, it throws me off. And I walked in there and I said, hey, Aunt, the, the cross is crooked. And he said, um, oh, let me fix it. And he would go back, he would fix it again. It was crooked again. So I said, maybe we need to invest in health insurance that also involves eye care because how can you not see that that is crooked? And he, he kept moving around. Eventually, he got it right. And I said, well, now what are you going to do with the holes that you left for how many times you put the cross up crooked? You know what was so beautiful about the cross? That he didn't even have to put putty in any of the holes because when he got the cross straight, it covered up all the holes. Okay, let me try this side. Because <laughs> this side here doesn't have any holes. That, your life is filled with holes. Holes of sin, holes of doubt, holes of fear, hole, uh, holes of fr frustration. But when you get the cross straight in your life, it fills in all of those holes where only thing you can see is not what's empty. You can see the grace of the cross in your life. And when you know God is for you, you don't take grace as something that you take for granted. You take grace as something that even today is still amazing. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for Peter. Thank you for allowing Peter to have the heart that moved him from information to transformation. Help us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. By every day, we try to be better, we try to do better because of your amazing grace. 
Thank you for John Newton who taught us we were wretched, but you saved someone like us. We were blind, but now we see because your grace is even flowing today. Help us to receive your grace, but God help us also to share your grace so individuals who are still living in darkness can see your amazing grace. Thank you for this moment in time. Help us to be challenged by your word. In your son's name we do humbly pray. And all who believe said amen. May God bless you.